We are the Clarks. The podcast. Hello. Hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, we're Anna and Simon. I'm Anna. I'm Simon. <laughs> just to um, clarify. Just to clarify. And we are the Clarks. Indeed. Um, so yeah, hi, we're starting a podcast and I guess first of all, we'll just, uh, let you know who we are if you don't already. Um, which you probably don't. No. <laughs> uh, well, mom will. <laughs> yeah. The, the, hi, mom. the three people that are listening probably know who we are because yeah. we've just bullied them into listening to it for us. So we're Anna and Simon. Uh, we are a husband and wife photography and film team. Our company is We Are The Clerks. We're based in the lovely Warwickshire. We live here with our two cats, Mumphy and Tilly, and our gorgeous baby daughter, Eleanor. Who's ten and a half months old and currently napping. Napping. So yeah, that's kind of us. Um, We've run our business for coming up to the 10 year mark, roughly. So we Um, thought we'd celebrate by doing a podcast after 10 years. We've been producing Good Friends of Ours, Rock My Wedding's podcast for a little while now. And it's going really well. And we have been talking about doing our own for... Ages. <laughs> Ages. Like a good year, year and a half, I'd, I'd say, we've been talking about doing a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We just... We really love the format of podcasting. Um, we enjoy listening to loads of podcasts ourselves. Yeah. So we thought we'd do our own. Yeah. And it'd be good just to chat about what we do. And if there's any um, people starting out there or new to the sort of photography and film world, particularly weddings, obviously that's what we predominantly... Um, shoot amongst yep. a few other things like commercial stuff and lifestyle stuff yeah, um but most of our time is taken up with weddings so we we've got a know, lot of experience yeah. in weddings yeah so and we thought we'd share that experience so if we were our 10 year younger selves mm. uh, we could listen to this podcast and hopefully get some good advice pick up a few tips along yeah. the way yeah so, so. If, like simon said we've been producing the rock my wedding podcast now and now we have all the gear but no Some idea. Some will say, no idea. <laughs> um, so we're just going to give it a go. So anyway, we thought we would roughly theme each podcast. And this one we have decided to theme based on a question that we got on Instagram. We put out a um, Insta story a while ago asking if anyone had any questions of, or wanted us to discuss anything. So this question was from Lucy... Uh, clue 12 which is clu12 on instagram um she put how did you start your business and any good advice on starting up a new business that's going to be the theme of our podcast we're yeah. just going to give you a brief history of us as anna and simon and we're the clerks and then we will chat about how we got started and give you some maybe a little bit of advice on if you're starting out now or you're new to the photography or film world and also uh, the wedding world. wedding world. Yeah. yeah. So we, me and Simon as a couple met in 2003. Yep. Very old. Went together a long time. <laughs> we have. <laughs> we got married in 2009. So this year will be our 10th wedding anniversary. Whoa. And a question that we always get asked is, well, who shot your wedding? Who shot your wedding? So a really Look, good friend of ours, Steve Gerrard, who mm. I'm sure most of you Steve will Gerard know about. He's an amazing photographer. Shot our wedding because he's been a friend of mine for years and um, was instrumental in helping us um, start up our business, which Indeed. we'll get to in a little while. So, And obviously he's a really good photographer. So yeah. there was no questions. Absolutely not. Um, Steve did it and did a really good job. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, mate. Who now lives in Canada, so hopefully he'll download this and listen to it. And yeah. He got, a sh- he got the first shout out, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, so um, I basically, both of us have always been creative people. We've always wanted to um, work for ourselves and set up our own business. Yep. And for many years, we tried to figure out what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. Yeah, and achieve we kind of knew we were going to do it, but we didn't, didn't quite know in what capacity. Know how, and we tried a few things that didn't work. We, we painted for a while, as in like yeah, pieces like, of art. Like painter and decorators. <laughs> Didn't that? Yeah. But we painted like art and sold art, yeah, which is cool, but yeah. didn't make us a lot. Um, I should say as well at this point, we did have full time jobs, yes, <clears throat> or sometimes semi full time jobs, yeah. <laughs> part time jobs, I think they're called semi full time jobs, semi full time jobs. I had a full time job pretty much predominantly, but yeah, um, you were temping and doing um, various other bits and bobs. Mm-hmm. 
And I'd um, re- always been really into photography. I'd done it at school, um, wild away, many hours in the dark room. Then the digital age happened. Um, didn't do it for many years. And long story short, my uncle, Nigel, gave me a digital SLR, um, which led me to kind of pick go, go back into photography, pick it back up again. And I sort of fell back in love with it and started doing it again as a hobby. And um, quickly realised that I really thought this is, this is great. And I really wanted to try and make it more into a job rather than just a hobby it was a nikon d50 i think oh no it was a nikon d500 i'm not sure i think there was but it was kind of an entry level dslr entry level dslr cropped frame dslr yeah uh blew my mind because obviously it could change like iso on the camera which i didn't realize until i shot my first wedding with steve gerard and he told me (laughs) yeah uh, uh, caveat to that was like you weren't just shooting your first wedding and didn't know that you could change it so you, uh, Steve invited you to kind of help out as a kind of night, just a second shooter with no kind of... Yeah, well, what I was going to say, yeah, was, you know, once I'd kind of sort of decided that I wanted to try and make this into a career, I actually went and had a chat with Steve because he was running his successful photography business and wanted to get some advice just generally on photography, not specifically weddings. He was really supportive and helpful, gave me lots of really good advice and then asked if I wanted to come along and second shoot for him at one of his weddings, of which obviously I said yes. Yeah, but and also equally as well, you were like, oh, well, I'm not really into weddings. No, it's not, didn't it's not really the it. avenue I want to go down. Yeah, <laughs> didn't expect to love it, you know. Um, it's most people's kind of history of weddings, if they're not in the wedding industry or don't know anything about it, haven't all got married themselves, is that, you know, you, you probably go to like your uncle's wedding when you're like 10 years old and that's about it. And people don't realise how kind of contemporary and modern yeah, it like can be. Yeah, like you've seen sort of... From a creative point of wedding... View. So, you know, scene wedding photography and... Very traditional. Always, yeah. Um, But obviously Steve at the time was doing it a really contemporary modern style, which really appealed to me. And it showed me that I could actually, you know, be creative and be a photographer and make a living at the same time. So that was all great. Yeah. I don't think you realised at the time as well when you go into weddings how many disciplines are in... When you shoot weddings, how many disciplines of photography you need to... Uh, become very good at very quickly which is was kind of uh, the appeal as well wasn't it definitely like portrait photography product shots architecture landscape yeah you name it you have to be able to do it at a wedding and nail it so that led me into the wedding world and the world of photography and i basically ended up second shooting for steve nearly every weekend um got a good 18 months a good year to 18 months and it was invaluable. Um, Steve was good enough to let me use the images I shot for his weddings as part of my portfolio on my website. Yep, to get you um, going. to get me to get me going. Because that's a, that's a really hard thing, isn't it? As well, mm. just to kind of <clears throat> have somebody trust you to shoot their wedding without any kind of evidence, as well. But then, if you haven't got if you, if you don't have the ability to go and shoot a wedding, then you can't show anybody that you're good at it. So it's a kind of... Yeah, and we'll come back to that when we talk about of sort of yeah. advice on people starting up their business. Yeah, where um, a second shooting is a really good avenue into that. Yeah, it really is. So I think I then shot my very first wedding all on my own, as yeah. in not with Steve. With Simon was my second <laughs> shooter, who didn't even know how to use uh, a camera. Yeah, I, I had no clue. But I was point. just there as kind of moral support, really, and carrier yeah. bags kind of thing. Yeah, and that was in um, 2009. Yeah. And then I think I went on to shoot four more in 2010 and then i think i had about 20 in 2011 yeah which fyi we got married in 2009 as well yeah. so we, we had we had quite a bit going on but it was uh it, we, sh- we had our own wedding as well as starting to get into the wedding industry yeah. as well which was indeed um so that's kind of a brief history of how i started yeah. um and then simon yes over to you yeah well as um and I was second shooting quite a lot as well. And uh, we had a Nikon D500 or whatever it was, the, that entry-level kind of DSLR crop frame that we got. you got given by your uncle. And then we quickly, within a pro- kind of year, you upgraded, didn't you? I think you actually bought off your uncle again uh, another um, full-frame. It was the Nikon D500 that was the full-frame that I oh, bought okay. off him. It was right. a D50 that he initially D50. gave me. I see. At the same, while you were shooting with Steve, Steve shot, um, Canon 5D Mark IIs at the time. You were looking to kind of upgrade gear and you were, you know, wanting to get better lenses and yep. primes and all that kind of stuff. So yep. 
we had a discussion, didn't we? And, and you were, yeah, this was at the very early stages where a lot of people, and I'm assuming a lot of photographers kind of make that choice early on whether what route they're going to go down because people have to spend quite a bit of money on gear and lenses and, and all their kind of equipment. And then you, you, you choose a brand to kind of go down, don't mm-hmm. you, you know, to, to follow. So you made a very sensible decision to actually switch brands at that time and go with what Steve was shooting because yeah. you were shooting with him every weekend. Mm-hmm. You then would have access to, Use his lenses. Um, to use his lenses and and, and also and Mike because I was like helping him out quite a lot. Yeah. Um, it's good for him that I was Absolutely. using the same camera because his editing and everything would yeah. be, be would be better. Yeah, but Plus, more consistent. For Canon him. are great, and their glass <laughs> is the best. Yeah, we're Canon shooters, as you can probably uh, tell. So yeah, Anna switched over, and we bought uh, your, uh, the first 5D Mark II, didn't you? For anybody that doesn't know, Canon when they released the 5D Mark II, actually, um, as a side note, included video into uh, uh, full frame DSLR for for the I think the first time it had ever been done. Um, so when we had uh, Canon 5D Mark II, I realised that it could shoot video. Um, in HD and we could use these amazing prime lenses from Canon to to make really cinematic um, footage, which was otherwise not able to do in kind of camcorder world. On your Sony camcorder. Which I had. So at this point I'd been messing about with video and just been into it. And I think I had Movie Maker on a Windows PC, um, which I'd shot a couple of um, music videos for friends. I've got quite a few friends that are in bands and all that kind of stuff. And I'd just been into it. So I'd shot, taken a camcorder to their gigs and ended up shooting a bit of video. And um, we started obviously shooting our own weddings. So I was kind of, I say second shooting in inverted commas, I was kind of helping out in that I was just carrying bags, getting you water, making sure you weren't completely freaking out and learning how to use the camera at the same yeah. time as well so you yeah, were yeah. useful yeah um but then we started looking around i started looking around at uh, wedding videography and there was just nothing around at the time this was like circa 2010 yeah um, not in the uk was, anyway not in the uk and there was not really anybody doing kind of the kind of wedding film that i would want or contemporary kind of wedding the kind film. that you see today yeah especially um and through jeff newsom one of our favorite photographers and one time he'd posted a few images from a wedding and at the bottom was a little video and I was like oh interesting to check that out and it was from some friends of his that he just happened to shoot the same wedding at called Kana video production I think it was at the time or Mm. whatever it was I found their um, video on the end of Jeff Newsom's blog and it blew me away their their stuff was really contemporary they had this beautiful California light and they had a short form beautiful wedding film that I would absolutely want if I was going to have a wedding film, which FYI, we didn't have a wedding film, did we? Because there no. was no one around. It wasn't no. really in, it was kind of at the time, like wedding videos were kind of really cheesy and mm. like, it was contemporary, like three hours long. Yeah. Contemporary wedding photography, but video certainly hadn't caught up. No. I, I just saw this and it absolutely blew me away. And I was mm. like, Oh my God, this can be done mm-hmm. in a different way. And I knew that they were shooting on 5Ds and mm. uh, had a few conversations with them and stuff. And yeah, they I were thought, really helpful, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they were. They, they were yeah, lovely. Like, I just messaged them out of the blue as well and they were really helpful, um, really kind. I just said, do you know what? I'm just going to give this a go. And uh, luckily, we persuaded one of your already wedding clients to... Yeah, um, Michelle and John. Michelle and John to uh, give... Uh, let me go, kind of shoot their wedding video although they didn't necessarily want one i asked them if i could just shoot one for yep. them um i managed to persuade them by we go we went on an engagement shoot with them um did like about six months before the wedding and yep. i took uh, uh i think i rented another 5d mark yeah. ii because you you were using the one to shoot mm-hmm. the engagement shoot with and um just shot a short kind of engagement shoot film for them to kind of give them almost like proof of concept and they saw that really really liked it and they were like oh yeah actually that'd be great if you could shoot our wedding film yeah. which i did which was and i had incredible. another second shooter yeah i was extremely nervous but it, it was great it went really oh, well yeah. um I shot my first wedding off the back of that, just asking kind of if I could just do it. And they were lucky enough to, and it went really well. Yeah. And it turned out really good. And so then on you... the back of that, I just set up a little blog stomp, I think it yep. was at the time, which mm-hmm. was like Microsoft's kind of blogging platform, free blogging platform. And just posted the video on there. I think it was Simon Clark Video Productions at the yeah, time. It was. Just set up a little logo and posted that and 
told a few people about it and luckily some of our photographer friends and stuff had posted about it and shared it on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. And then we started getting bookings off the back of it, which mm. was really good. And then kind of, I suppose that's like the rest is history. It just kind of went from there, didn't it? Yeah. But we were both working full-time jobs still mm-hmm. um, and then shooting weddings at the weekend and kind of bookings started coming in slowly but surely. Um, we weren't charging very much as well, which was, you know, helpful. I was still well, we second shooting for out. Steve. Yep. 2011 was the first time I shot a video. Maybe and then you I think sh- I shot like eight that year. Yeah. So I think because that that wedding was uh, Michelle and John. The first one was in March. Was that 2010 or 2011? Sorry, yeah. 2011 in March, yep. and then um, we got I got like another seven bookings that year. Yeah, and then the following for, year you had like yeah, like 23 20 or something, or something, like, something that, like that, which was yeah. crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> so it kicked off really really quickly, which was really good, and there was clearly a need for. Um, contemporary wedding films and and now i mean now you look at it now there's there's hundreds of people doing it and loads mm. i mean i'm sure they were doing it at the time or at least starting out but i'm sure there were other people doing it alongside us yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure there were we but uh, that's how that's, to. no i just didn't know about them or no. it wasn't as easy to find them yeah and don't forget you didn't have like instagram then and <laughs> <laughs> oh, we sound so old back in the day before back we in had the, the internet um no yeah, we didn't so have instagram and it wasn't it wasn't that easy no. Uh, to find stuff. But Not yeah, as easy. That's kind no. of how it started. And then yep. we just worked, both worked part uh, full-time jobs, um, shoot, shot weddings at the weekends. And then eventually um, you were able to quit your job, weren't you? Yep. Um, you, were, you went down to kind of part-time and then you were able to quit your job because my job was uh, going to sustain us for the shortfall. Alongside what I was earning off weddings. Yeah. And then because you were able to go full-time with weddings, then you, you were able to up your kind of amount of weddings you were able to do, yep. which meant that we, you were earning more money, which meant eventually, I think it was about a year or maybe just over, after you quit your job, that I was able to quit my job. Yep. Which uh, I was just working in an office at the time. And um, so we both went full-time shooting and shooting weddings, but working, both shooting our, our own business, wasn't it? It was. So yeah, we we're running two separate businesses, Anna Clark Photography and Simon Clark Films. Yep. And then we did that for many years. And then in 2016 is when we decided to um, bring them both together and We Are The Clarks was born. Yes. And it just was- made sense because we were shooting um for both shooting photography, both shooting, making films. And then we, we were also offering a joint package where one, one of us shot photography and one of us shot the film. Um, and we were getting loads and loads of bookings like that. So it just made sense that we were running, you know, we just made it into one company because yeah. it is always going to be me and Simon in some capacity anyway on all of the weddings. Um, we've got a few second shooters that help us out as well, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just... Uh, this is a good opportunity as well to sort of have a bit of a relaunch, do a new website, new yeah. logo and all that kind of stuff. So it's good. And I think it, it simplifies ago. things, doesn't it, as well? I think from like couples point of view that they just come to us and yeah. it's, and we are the clerks as opposed to being like, we. I think we had a couple that booked us both for video and photography and didn't yeah. actually realise that we were a married Together. couple. And they were like, oh, I didn't even, I, I just thought it was a coincidence that it was Anna Clark Photography and Simon Clark yeah. film. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, we just yeah. thought it made sense to bring it, bring yeah, it together it and, and, and offer either photography, film and or both. Indeed. So that's how everything was born. That's how We Are The Clarks so, exist yeah. as a business. And here we are today, here nearly are today. 10 years in the making from the beginning <laughs> Eventually doing a podcast about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just got also figured, like, we've been doing this quite a while now. So yeah. we have some, you know, we obviously have a lot of experience. Yeah. And I definitely could, my 10 year ago self could definitely learn from all the things that I know now. Yeah, so definitely. that's kind of how we figured it's a good time to start talking about it maybe if yeah, people are interested and you tell us it's a podcast that i'd listen to <laughs> if i was just starting out yeah. i think and just to try and hopefully hopefully we're going to give as much advice as possible we're yeah. not going to we won't ramble this anything. much on all of these no, podcasts I, about us. <laughs> I tend to over over explain stuff so yeah. i'm going to try and rein that in and then i get annoyed possible. and tell him off yeah. for it I Luckily, probably under-explain things. So you're just like, yang. cut long story short, uh, I've been doing it 10 <laughs> years and camera, I'm a photographer. picked it up, I'm a photographer, run my business, job done, drinking gin, sure. making a podcast. What more do you need to know? Okay, so, so I think now we should go on to uh, the next part of the question, which was advice on starting a new business, which we've touched upon very briefly when we we're explaining. But um, we have a few points. So I think, yeah. first of all, we'll start off with second shooting, which we're obviously both quite four um i've spoken to a few photographers and videographers about this in the past and some people are just like no never done it not interested 
which is absolutely fine. Obviously, yeah. there's lots of different ways of approaching things. Um, but obviously, the only way we can talk about it is from our perspective and what we why we think it's a good idea. So, yeah, and the things we learn. Um, I think, along the yeah, way. we. I obviously started out second shooting for Steve, and I couldn't recommend it more. The world of weddings is, you know, it's really complex a wedding day, and being a wedding photographer is a very responsible job. Yeah. It's it holds high responsibility. There isn't very there isn't really room for error. You've got one day, you've got one opportunity, you've got to nail it. People are paying you money to do this and usually a lot of money to do this. Um so you've got to get it right. So any experience that you can gain before this happens yeah. is totally invaluable and I can't rec- recommend it highly enough. I think one of the things people are put off by is that they feel that they're going to be swayed by what other photographers do or don't do or how they work on a wedding day and what gear they use, what they do. But I mean, you know, you can use this to your advantage as well. You don't have to do what the photographer does that you're second shooting with. You can yeah. literally do the opposite if you want. Yeah, you can literally take that experience and go, well, I don't want to do you it can like learn that. From it. Or mm-hmm. maybe that's, that is something I want to incorporate. Or mm-hmm. I love, I love the, the way they, they communicate with the mm-hmm. couple or with the groups and, how to deal with all that side of things so there's 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 a there's a lot to be gained through just observing if nothing else and also having having the experience of being if you've never been to a wedding that you you maybe have been a guest at or whatever if you've never been to a wedding from a work capacity just seeing how a common wedding kind of runs timing wise and and how all those things kind of fit together with all the different suppliers is just that experience is just invaluable when it comes to actually being because it's going out and shooting your own wedding it's quite stressful mm. like you've got even after 10 years yeah. we still find it stressful yeah, because it can be well obviously we care about it so we want to do a good job every single time but we have to do a good job every single time you yeah. have to nail it every single time yeah there's no so, like second takes is no. there? <laughs> and, yeah and obviously we care a lot about doing a really good job yeah. for our couples like they won't ever get this opportunity back so that pressure does make it a little yeah. bit stressful but you know, that's a good, that's totally a good thing. Yeah, there's so, so many variables that are out of your control, like, like, like the, you know, getting there and the distance and your car and all the gear and making sure all the gear's working and, and all the different variables that you might turn up to at a venue that you don't necessarily know, you know, mm, you might, might have different coordinators that are doing different stuff and, and there's a lot of stuff that you need to think on your feet with. Yeah, about. you know, what if it's suddenly raining and it, you weren't, plan, you weren't, pl- you haven't planned for that or you don't know where, you know, you're going to do any of the family shots or yep. the couple shots, or you know, <laughs> or the or timings that you've the, been did, you've been given by the couple. Uh, you arrive and the and the and, the, and the, the venue owner says, "Oh no, we're eating three quarters of an hour prior to yeah. the timings that you've got," and you're like, all of a sudden, you've got there's 45 minutes taken away from you when yeah. you've planned doing all these shots and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We could go on for we could go on this. and on and on and list many many things. But what second shooting does, and it it gives you an insight into all of these things with slightly less pressure because it's yes. not on you it's on the main photographer yeah. you're there as a support you're there to get the shots that they don't get get the things that they don't see and just be yeah. gem- generally helpful to the primary photographer absolutely um and maybe I mean, there might be a responsibility as well of doing stuff in the morning so um, the second shooter might go to the guys yeah. so there might be a bit an opportunity for you to kind of flourish as well and yeah, totally. like have your own yeah. stamp on things yep. doing stuff you feel that pressure of morning. having to get those yeah. shots for for someone else like yeah. the couple and the photographer as well yeah. so it's just invaluable you just get to see all these different scenarios and you really get the opportunity to work with people which you, on a real wedding day real guests real couple real suppliers and nothing else can prepare you for that other than just doing it and it's even if you have been running a business for a few years if you've never second shot for someone I definitely encourage you to go and do it every now and again because you just learn so much from other people as well it's it's a really really good opportunity to We have a really nice, um, we have it kind of good the way that we do because we go off and shoot film sometimes mm. where we're just shooting a film and they've got, they've, uh, the couple have booked another photographer yeah. as well. We get to work with some incredible photographers. Yeah. Um, Lovely to kind of hang mm. out with them, get to know them and also see the way they work as well because yeah. you can always take something away from Definitely. somebody and go, oh, do you know what? That's really good. I really like the way they do that or the way they interact with a couple and stuff and just take little nuggets of kind of experience and information um, from everybody just to try and make your the, the, you know what you're delivering yeah. better uh, there's nothing there's no, there's nothing bad about it no. 
it's nice just to like chat to another wedding industry like <laughs> yeah realize you're not on colleague your own. <laughs> almost as well and yeah chat through you know things again we're quite lucky <laughs> and that we have each other to yes kind we of are in a u- unique um, situation I, know, I realize a lot of videographers and photographers are just on their own yeah. all the time and that you know that's Again, another good reason to kind of make friends with other people in the same situation for you. And what better way to do that than just like helping them out at a wedding as well. Well, having that network around you is also really useful. Absolutely. Even if it's just something simple as like gear. Yeah. You know, you you might have a camera go down on you just the day before you go and having a a second shooter that you've worked with for like six months going, you know, you might be able to contact them and say, can I borrow a spare camera because I'm, you know, I'm in trouble. Having those yep. th- those people around you is, is really helpful. As Definitely, to just being out on your own and and not being able to to call on anybody. Yeah. So second shooting, we <laughs> recommend. Do, do you think they get the message that we yeah. recommend it? Yeah, it's re- it's just really get good. The message. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Even if you have been doing it for a little while, just go out there and just do it like once in a blue moon. Even if it's just for a friend or something like that. It's just. It's just. I really like second shooting for for you and for our weddings and mm. for other people as well. I've done it for other people. Because it's just really nice to just have that perspective and go and shoot and kind of have that freedom as well without the pressure of being the the, the primary photographer. Yeah, definitely. The, so, only, the only other thing I'd say just before we move on from second shooting is when you do second shoot for a photographer, just make sure you've laid out all the ground rules because they're individual to each photographer. Um, luckily, Steve was really um, uh, generous with you and mm. was able, uh, allowed you to use some of the images that you shot at. Um, his weddings mm. on in your portfolio mm-hmm. uh, not not every um, photographer will be comfortable with that no, which is completely understandable mm-hmm. so do, when you do second shoot for somebody just make sure that obviously you've you've uh, discussed any fees and, yeah. and how much you're being paid etc um and also if you're able to use well, the images yeah. if you need to if you're not um how they want them if delivered. you can edit them yeah etc etc mm. so just make sure you everything that you want to get out of it. Make sure that you you're upfront and everybody's on the same page. Yeah. Just uh, bear in mind as well they've probably been there in that situation, exactly. so they understand. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, definitely good advice from Simon. Thanks. Uh, so the next point is about um, gear. Um, obviously, when you start out, I know we did. We just you kind of you're nervous and you think you need all the gear to help you because I think it's you know understandable because you're going into an unknown environment and you want. You feel it like having lots of gear is like a comfort blanket. It's like you you can cover any which million situations that might possibly arise. So you've got to have X, Y, and Z. So you could cover literally anything that happens in any situation, yeah. in any kind of lighting any environment. Scenario. Any scenario. You're there. So you're there with like, you know, a truck full of gear. Yeah. Which um, is, you can't walk properly because no. you're, you're trying to. And you have to keep around. going back to the car to get like your 58th <laughs> tripod. Um, <laughs> Been there. And. And also, you 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 might feel that you need all the best gear before you can start out doing it. Otherwise, there's just no point. Yeah, um, I think you know, that, that's a, that's a downside of like this kind of Instagram and social world as well. Of like now, everybody's kind of showing off all this gear that they've got, and YouTube and blogs, and everyone's like, "Oh, you've got to have the best of this and that and the other um, to to be successful." Mm-hmm. And that, uh, it's really, really, it's, it's not, a it's a terrible message. To yeah, be and it's not necessary. People. I mean, it really, isn't. obviously. I started out with a a really ru- rubbish <laughs> Nikon. Well, yeah. But it, it, it wasn't that rubbish. Did the job. Yeah, and I had this awful decrepit flash I'd got from my mom that she'd used in like the eighties and was gaffer <laughs> taped together and sort of wobbled around on the yeah, hot shoe of my camera. But it was a flash and it and it worked. It so was better than not having a flash yep. and shooting. It darkness. was better than on camera flash, which oh, was shocking. Yeah, the little like pop up ones yeah. that used to pop up when you put And then it on everyone auto. just like got red eye and was all white (laughs) um yeah so um you don't need all the gear if you've got a half decent camera and a half decent lens maybe a couple of lenses um you know you're good my advice to you is learn it inside and out learn it on manual learn it on average priority just learn it inside and out be able to use it um, so it becomes so like it's muscle second memory. nature yeah. because when you're at a wedding you don't want to be faffing around working out your settings like that needs to be the least of your worries because yeah. you don't have time to think about that and you need to nail it you can't just like you can't you can't mess it up yeah, there's a lot of there's um, a lot of other factors going on there's weather and people and all the stuff. scenarios and just being creative and yeah. using your and brain then, yeah, and, and then figuring after it all, all out. that and then you've got to try and deliver really really creative shots yeah. so you've got to try and eliminate all of those um 
little niggles that are kind of technical factors and then just make sure you're focused on getting the most creative and, and best possible composed shots that you can. Mm. So the other thing... Um about gear is when we first started we rented a lot of gear uh, we couldn't afford to buy everything that we needed plus we weren't entirely sure about what we wanted and what what we did need so um a really good option for us was to rent lenses and camera bodies flashes lights all that kind of stuff um yeah. we use calumet and the flash center in birmingham quite a lot and yeah. also there's a great website called lenses for hire and you can um pretty much rent out most of nikon and canon's range as well as sigma tamron and various other things there so yeah that's really good it's a postal service so it literally so stuff on there now as well oh is it great mm-hmm. um and it gets delivered to your house um you can send like you can get that you can organize a courier to pick it up or you can take it to the post office straight back home you can have it from three days to like three weeks or something like that yeah. um and it's just a really good service so i would highly recommend that Definitely. and you get to test out lenses and stuff um on weddings and real shoots Without the, fig- without the like £2,000 exactly. like price bracket and you're like, actually, I'm not going to use this. Yeah. It's not for me. It's totally. not my style, blah, blah, blah. It, I mean, it's like, a, it works out, I think it's about like 150 quid or 200 quid. Kind of depends on how long you have a lens for. Well, them. I used to do it for like three or four days and it cost me like 80 quid. Oh, okay. So it's not, it's not that expensive. Yeah. Um, and then obviously if you're finding you're using like, you know, 35 mil, 1.4 or whatever all the time, then you might want to invest in that. Yep. And, and there's also something to be said, you don't always have to buy brand new. There's, um, you know, if you get on maybe some forums on Facebook and stuff, there's always people selling gear. Um, you can just go to eBay and buy secondhand gear. But like Calumet, I know, and the Flash Center also do like uh, refurbish, you know. London like, Camera Exchange. <clears throat> yeah, I know. We've sold stuff back to Calumet that mm. we uh, no longer need or we're upgrading our lens. So we've sold it back secondhand and then they do like a used section on their website. And Wex as well. So, sorry. Yes, Wex is who Is that what you meant? <laughs> yeah, so Wex sell, buy and sell, like, used equipment. And Warehouse that's, Express, I think it stands for, yeah. but it's just wex.com, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. If you Google it, you'll find it. Um, that's really good. So that's definitely a really good tip is, you know, you don't need all the gear to start. No. You just need to know how to use the gear and to get what you want from the gear. Um, that's why, you know, we say learn it as much as you can. It's just so you can be as creative as it with it as possible and then you can rent it as well um you don't have to buy it all to start no. with and then just do you end up just buying the stuff that you're going to use all the time which yeah. obviously in the long run saves you money so then another piece of advice we thought about was shooting for you know reduced costs for free and for friends so it's basically just shoot as much as you possibly can just get as much real life experience again goes Definitely. back to the experience as you possibly can in different environments with different people yep. and shoot 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 and if that means like shooting friends of friends weddings for a reduced fee or yep. even free if you feel like you can do that um if they couldn't have friends yeah <laughs> i mean i will add a side note to the pricing and the um free stuff but generally just shooting as much as you can yeah especially when you're just starting out so just get as much experience as possible without the additional pressure of like charging a lot of money for something as well to try and make a business out of it if if you just shoot for experience then you're going to be you know a a lot a lot better off for it because you're just going to have like free reign to to learn all of these things and and potentially make the mistakes that you are going to make inevitably, inevitably but without the pressure of uh, you know having a big price tag behind it where you might get complaints or, or or issues like that so all of that stuff is is invaluable yeah and yeah the the side note about pricing is um when you when you you feel like you're at a point where you want to kind of launch a business and you are starting to charge um don't go don't go super cheap don't think don't just because you don't have like years and years of experience um doesn't doesn't mean you're not like valuable you need to kind of put you need to set your prices at a point that works for you to be able to run a business in the way that you want to run it so your potential clients and existing clients need to see the value in your time in how much you've invested in like learning this craft and 
the money that you've invested into it. So starting out also really cheap just means that it's going to be quite difficult to start putting up your prices. Bear in mind that when you start, you know, one of your main marketing tools will be people recommending you. Mm. And if, you know, so-and-so says, oh yeah, so-and-so shot my wedding, they're only like 300 quid. So yeah, you then become you should- that photographer that's cheap yeah you know or that they're booking you because you're cheap as mm-hmm. opposed to they're booking you because they want you to specifically exactly. to shoot their wedding which is is not the kind of um market you want to be in really i mean you might want to be in that market and just shoot as many as you want and and do it very cheaply and that's absolutely i guess there's fine. a market for that but if you if if that's not really where where you want to be which i'm, I'm assuming probably the majority if you're of similar to us obviously be, yeah. we, that's not what we wanted to do no. anyway and you know, obviously, the less you charge, the more you have to shoot to yep. earn a, you know, make a living and earn what you need to yep. earn. And that in itself comes with, like, pro- yep. its own problems. Yeah, indeed. You'll end up shoot, having to shoot, like, 100 weddings a year. Yeah, and, and that's you'll where get the kind of burnout and fatigue. Definitely. And you won't have enough time to edit everything. Yep. And it's just more and people that, to have to deal with. And, and that runs just, into more problems then because you're not actually running a successful business no. because you're like working 24 seven and you're burning out and you're probably not delivering the highest quality stuff because you're just having to rush everything out because you've got another hundred, yeah. <laughs> you know, weddings backlog and you're not, you're not giving your couples the hundred percent attention and the best service that, give them. that you could. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Which is, you know, you have to take into account as well when you're kind of setting your pricing as well. Yeah. It, you know, there's so many factors that people don't see and will probably never see when you're booking a service because it's a really hard thing to to try and justify and sell. But there's there's a lot of time that goes into it in in the, in the pre-planning as well when you're emailing with couples when you're speaking with them when you're planning when you're planning your routes and all that kind of stuff and then there's the actual day which is the bit that they see that is your time and then there's all the post-production afterwards yeah that goes along with that so there's a there's a lot involved and the hidden costs like insurance yeah you know travel costs yeah uh yeah, buying just, like you know editing equipment uh, yeah. computers Macs. backups hard drives i mean we spend Endless half of our money just buying hard drives <laughs> just, we seem yeah. to endlessly seem to buy i mean we should money. have shares in western digital <laughs> yeah we've got that and many, many of their products yes so just sort of you know think about your pricing um carefully don't think you have to be the cheapest yeah and, and also there's something to be said for because because your job is fun and because you enjoy what you do for a living, people tend to undercharge for that because they don't see it as work work. Yeah. Because, they don't they feel actually, like they can justify it because yeah, it's just too fun. Because they enjoy what they do for a living. And <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah. Isn't that what everybody inevitably wants to do is like yep. enjoy what they do for a living? Yeah. So there's no reason, just because you enjoy it doesn't mean you yeah, can't. Yeah, value you yourself and your time. Yeah, and so. yeah, people find it difficult to charge for their time, don't yes. they, as well? And it's just, you have to do this. This yeah. is... Something you really, really have to otherwise. think hardly about. You're going to end up, you know, running into the, yourself into the ground yep, otherwise totally. for, for nothing. Totally. And you will become bitter and miserable and <laughs> twisted and hate if, everyone. If you're doing it for 10 years, you know, if you're doing that for 10 years, I mean, if if it's like the first 12 months and you, you want to get as much experience as you as you can, and the, there is something to be said for kind of charging a little less just yeah, to, just to mean, get we, all that experience yeah. under your belt and second shoot and kind of work every weekend great but you, it's not sustainable i think forever. i started out at like a thousand pounds obviously that's not very much i mean bear in mind that was like nine years ago so but the, for, for that at that time that wasn't that wasn't particularly cheap there were lots of people no. cheaper but i'm it made was kind that, of middle of the road wasn't it yeah i'd say wasn't the higher end mm, yeah i think so yeah <laughs> okay so i think another important part of starting a business is having somewhere to showcase all your work so get yourself a good website yeah and portfolio but and that, again, when you're starting out, that doesn't need to cost the earth. It's, nope. It doesn't need to, you know, cost like buying all the gear. You don't need to buy the gear. You can. There are lots of free and or relatively cheap ways of getting your name out there and getting your work out there and getting it, yeah. getting it seen. Um, so like there's lots of lovely, lots of great website building platforms out there now yep. that are either free or very cheap. Squarespace, yep. WordPress and various others probably. We personally yep. use Squarespace. Yep. Um, and you can great get a great simple website where you can just showcase your portfolio, have some information about yourself and your business, what mm-hmm. you charge, etc. In a contact form, job done. People have got somewhere to go. You've got your little corner of the web, and yeah. um, you can show off all your stuff so people can see what you're about and Absolutely. put as little or as lot about yourself. And then obviously, there's those. so much more emphasis these days on on social media yeah. and pushing everything like a lot of 
initial kind of um, view will come from social media and getting that. There's a lot to be said for social media now. Uh, being a really good avenue to get your work out there in its first instance and um, a lot of people complain about social media uh, but at the end of the day it's a really it's a really helpful platform it's free it's free um, just use it to promote your business and then push people towards your website to get like a more yeah. long form way of um, uh, of showing off your yeah. work a lot of people start looking for supplies and stuff on Instagram Absolutely. whatever so you definitely need like a profile there and I'm sure you know Everybody who's listening to this has already done that yeah, and got course. it. It's probably the first thing you do before yeah. getting a website, which Absolutely. totally makes sense because you're completely free. You can put your por- por- portfolio out there instantly yeah. Absolutely. and you can link back to a website yeah, or a, a Facebook page or whatever. Yeah, quite a lot of people are now just using Instagram stories and archives as their yeah. like portfolio to show off their latest work so as opposed to their website yeah, and, exactly. and, and, and blogs and all that kind of so, stuff. So um, definitely get on that. So yeah, I think those are the uh, main... S- pieces of advice we could babble on for days don't about get this don't get us um i was going to ask you simon is there anything yes. specific to videography and filmmaking businesses that you would give advice on and a videography business obviously most of which we've covered does apply to photography and videography absolutely is there anything specific to videography that you would give advice on um to, in, in terms of starting out, yeah, get as much experience as you can. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. the second shooting kind of rule for, for me still applies. Um, when I started out, I didn't have the opportunity to second shoot for anybody. I just kind of started by myself. But what I will add to that is you had been to a lot of weddings with me. Yes. Well, so, yeah, with regards <laughs> to going to a wedding and knowing the format of how that all works, I was kind of familiar with that already, which was which was a real help mm, but, but not seeing anyone do a video but not seeing it? anyone do a video and having to work out like audio as well which is a mm. whole different level of stuff which is you know an, an added stress and then stability and all that kind of stuff and then learning or, or gathering information about what gear you need and i i fell into that pitfall of buying a lot of gear because there was a lot of youtube reviews and a lot of people saying well you need a stabilizer and you need a a glide cam and you need a slider and all this kind of stuff and unfortunately i fell into that pitfall of like getting everything and thinking that i needed to be that kind of way when other people started producing films but then i very quickly realized as i got a little bit more confident that actually that's not the kind of filmmaking i wanted to be doing and mm. those those sliding sh- you know the endless mm. sliding shots of like yeah. um empty I got venues good on the and stuff yeah it's, <laughs> it's a good tool and it and it has its place in in filmmaking but it's just just, just for me it? it just wasn't it wasn't the kind of stuff i wanted to make and also having that much gear and carrying that much gear around in my boot to shoot a wedding like a run and gun kind of uh environment mm. just it took so much time to set all that stuff up to like balance a glycam takes like can can take up to like half an hour yeah. and then before you know it the moment's, the moment's gone, gone. And, and just for like one panning shot which if mm. you were careful you could just like shorten your shorten your monopod hold it in your hand put the strap around your neck and make sure you're kind of being nice and stable mm. and, and and achieve that same shot in the moment without having to spend half an hour setting up a glycam just to sh- look fancy and show that you've got a, like a glycam shot. It's a confidence issue, isn't it? Absolutely. Mainly. Absolutely. You're buying and all this gear to kind of go, well, I need to get this shot and I need to get that shot. And Obviously, there's something to be said for like that style of wedding film. Absolutely. But like you didn't want to do that style no, of wedding no, film. It just wasn't. So wasn't it is funny. totally personal preference and just confidence level. Yeah. Yeah. But from from an advice point of view, I, I would say don't necessarily don't spend too much time comparing yourself to other people or, mm. or spend t- t- too much time looking at other people's work there's, yeah. there's something to be said for being inspired and i i totally get that and that's kind of how i started out by being mm-hmm. inspired by uh, films kind. that i'd seen mm. but don't spend too long like fixating on other people's stuff and going oh well they're doing that and they're doing this and just kind of stay true to you yeah. to yourself and I think that applies to to photography and or videography yeah. um, most you, creative businesses yeah, in general absolutely. really and but I think yeah, most definitely. the ones that thrive are the ones that are true to themselves and you're not going to get burnout and you're not going to get frustrated and you're not going to end up hating what you do it's sustainable <laughs> sustainable sustainable if you do something that you enjoy and you can continue to do it if you end up trying to copy somebody else and not 
it not being enjoyable to you or not being true to the thing that you wanted to do, you'll end up quitting it very quickly, I think. I agree. So those, those are kind those of are my tips. Okay. I, th- I think it's just, yeah, just do, do your thing. But, you know, just make it, make it yours and... and own it. Own it. <laughs> yeah. Lame. Without being cheesy. Yeah. But I think those are the main things, really. Uh, the only thing I'd... La- the last thing I'd say to kind of round up, really, is just it's really hard. And you will have to work really hard. You will make mistakes. It's really hard. Don't don't bother. Don't do it. <laughs> no, it's really hard. You will have to work really hard. Yeah. There are lot. There's lots of photographers and videographers around, but there are lots of weddings to be exactly. shot as well. There's enough. There's room. There's room for, for all of us, and of it's all fine. But you do have to work really hard, and it is really hard. Like we started out with full time jobs and doing it, and we worked weekends as well as working jobs, and in the evenings. And like when Editing. we first started, we shared this one little PC in our tiny little flat. <laughs> the violins will start any minute now, <laughs> and it it was tough. But you know, if you work really hard and you're nice to people, yep. and you just stay, you stick to your guns and do what you love, then. Yep. you will be okay and it will all be Absolutely. fine. Absolutely. Um, put the hours in. Um, yeah, I don't think, you know, you, you can't go into this going, oh, I'm going to make a load of money from this business I'd, with, <laughs> without putting the effort in. It's oh, yeah. like the wrong attitude. You need to, you need to love what you do. And we've, we often say this, don't you? It's like we, when we speak to other photographers that aren't necessarily wedding photographers or, or wedding filmmakers or whatever, and they're like, oh, I absolutely couldn't do your job. I'd find it too stressful. And I think it's, takes a certain type of person to, 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 to work in that industry and work in that environment because um, it can be quite stressful. And if you're quite a stressy mm. person, I suppose it might not be the best environment no. um, to put yourself in. But you if, it, if it is, if, it, if you do find that you enjoy it and it is the right environment, then it's, it's so rewarding Great. and it's amazing and you can make it work which is is perfect but it, it is hard work and it's a lot of hours but if you're passionate about it and you love it then it's, mm. it, it, it's all worthwhile yeah and i think the point you made about you know if you're not stressy people or you're not you're a certain type of person that does i think that is quite an important element and it also leads us nicely onto one of our other episodes whether segue. it's the next segue <laughs> whether it's the next one or in a couple of episodes along yep. is we'll be talking about how we run our business as a couple yes. and how we work together as a couple um yep, we drink a lot of gin simon honestly stealing my jokes again i know but it's true 2003 yeah i, I am a joke stealer. so Fact. yeah we will be chatting about that and it, it it's just a partnership basically it goes for whether you're married boyfriend and girlfriend boyfriend and boyfriend girlfriend and girlfriend or just friends and you're setting up a business like yep. there's lots of advice or we can just tell you the perils of working together but we'll just ch- be chatting yep. about um about that maybe you'll find it interesting maybe it won't yeah. i don't know we might do some accents my favorite accent is new zealand it's it's amazing treacherous <laughs> <laughs> yeah well if you've enjoyed it if you found it useful amazing thank you please tell tell i think they say with podcasting because it's so hard to um to promote podcasts because it's really hard to search for them tell one person about it yeah so anybody that's listening please tell one person about it and uh, get them to listen as well that would be really helpful for really us. very helpful very we are not doing this for any other reason than we find for it fun, fun <laughs> and we have worked 10 years running our business and we would like to kind of give some advice back and hopefully people will all find it helpful. Yeah. Hopefully. And, you know... It's it, just it, also something to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's something to do that's not not editing. Um, but if you are a currently running a business as well uh, as a photographer or a videographer, uh, maybe listen to this while you're culling. The endless culling mm. of, uh, of images. Um, cool. Hopefully we can... Uh, our dulcet tones yeah. will get you through. Yeah, or if you're running... Minutes. Get those miles in. Yeah, run, we, run, 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 when we started the podcast run. as well, we were briefly talking about other podcasts that we listen to. Maybe we should oh, share yeah. some of the other podcasts because it's really hard to get recommendations for good is, podcasts because there are a lot out there and some of them are terrible and some are amazing and some I'd never heard of as well. So I always look for people's recommendations. So, yeah, I would like to recommend Dear Lovejoy. Yes. And We've only just started listening to that. A podcast from Tim Lovejoy, and you might know him from Sunday Brunch. Um, 
He used to be on Soccer AM. You may or may not like him, but his podcast is really good. It's, um, how does he describe it? A podcast by Dear Lovejoy. There you go. Really descriptive there. But it's basically a podcast about just life in general. There's all different subjects. He interviews like um, Joe Wicks, interviews like doctors. Um, Some really interesting subjects. It's just really interesting and easy to listen to. It's quite a good conversation list and... Uh, interviewer wouldn't you say yep absolutely yeah it was really good and he just does it from his kitchen yeah. um, it's really casual and good and I'm really enjoying listening to it it's yeah good. me too we've obviously mentioned the epic podcast epic podcast with Sam which, Heard, is Sam yep, which is brilliant and it's a great photography podcast we, yeah. I've got loads of tips from, from there yeah. with regards to like apps Lightroom. and little bits and bobs and um, if you don't as well what we found it really valuable is to um, sign up to Sam Hurd's Patreon account he uh, runs a Patreon account. If you don't know anything about Patreon, um, it's basically where creators can, um, they essentially have like a blog where they create content um, and people pay a subscription to that content. Um, Sam Hurd's one is really good. Uh, he gives a lot of tips, a lot of reviews. It he does um, He does photography uh, critiques as well for all of his Patreons so people can submit wedding images and he critiques mm. them, um, which I find really useful as yeah. well. Um, it's good to get a different perspective on stuff and the mm. tips have been really helpful. We also listen to the Empire Filmcast. We're very into films, obviously. That's really good. Empire Podcast, not Filmcast. Film, sorry. <laughs> Empire filmcast. Film Podcast. Yes. Um, I also like one called The Knowledge Project with Shane Parrish. And um, again, that's just a guy called Shane who interviews... Um, Remarkable people to explore the frameworks and mental models you can use to make life more meaningful and productive. Yeah, it's really it's good. really good and he interviews some really interesting people and is a very good interviewer. So if you want to, uh, you know, expand your mind. So what else do you listen to? Uh, couples Therapy with Casey and Candice. We're big fans of Mega Casey fans. Neistat, a uh, YouTuber, and he does a, a podcast relatively regularly uh, it hasn't been mm. so much since they've had their second baby but he does a podcast with his wife and they Candace. literally just talk about the most random of stuff well and they their, talk their it's, life it's and their therapy session essentially yeah, for essentially, the two of them but yeah. Candice is just she's ugh, hilarious amazing. She's amazing that's really good and then Simon also listens to another one his man crush Matt Diavella does a podcast called The Grand Up Show and um he interviews um, entrepreneurs and YouTubers and, and content creators and, and general creators. Talk about all aspects of kind of business and creation and like failing and being successful. It's it's really, mm. it's really interesting, the people that he gets on. He's a really good interviewer. And he's the um, famous, he's a guy that made um, a Netflix documentary called Minimalism. So he's well known for that, but which is a really good documentary to watch. The Minimalists do a podcast of their own as well, which is really good. If you're into that sort of thing, they talk about loads of aspects of life and um, keeping things simple, which is really good. Um, Also, I have just started listening to um, I Like Films by Jonathan Ross. There's a theme going on here in like life lessons and films. Last one, uh, Science-ish. Very good. Really good. Uh, it's the concept's mm. really good. It's um, it what's good. the guy's name who is Rick Edwards, Rick Edwards and um, a doctor of some description, I think. Yeah, uh, Doctor Michael Brooks yeah. are presenters of it, and basically they take a work of fiction, be it a film or anything like that, like e. the Matrix, the Matrix, or uh, Doctor Strange, and I think they did Wally. the Fly, and they've done loads of others, and basically yeah. they just talk about the the science behind the theories and or behind the fiction and whether it's possible and they ask a specific question around the the, the film and all that yeah, kind of stuff. I mean, it, and it's, they get, uh, it's just yeah, good, it's interesting. It is really good. They get some specialists on to talk about yeah. various subjects within, like like Doctor Strange, I think they were talking about... Uh, they were talking about if meditation could yeah. um, alter your mind state. Yeah. Uh, alter your physical state, wasn't it? No, it's because I just read that. Can it? Can meditation change your brain? Well, there you go. Um, so yeah, good interesting so if you need some podcast recommendation apart from ours obviously oh and Rock My Wedding obviously of course because we produced that we and produce- it's, you know, really <laughs> it should good. have been first on the list really <laughs> yeah but it's that's more directed at people that are getting married as yes. opposed to for 
photographers people, or anyone yeah. in the industry. If you are getting married, congratulations. Yeah, if you any of our I'm couples to <laughs> listen to this, then Rock My Wedding is a really good podcast to listen to. If you're in the planning stages of marriage, they talk about a specific subject of the planning stages, like the dress or style in the wedding or the guest list. Budget. And budgets and Prize all those kind of stuff. Dresses, all that kind They've of stuff, They've talked yeah. about loads of stuff. They've done 10 episodes and the 11th episode, I believe, is to be launched on Monday. So, yeah, it's good. Good. It's Becky and Charlotte, good. the owner of Rock My Wedding, and um, and Becky, who works for them, does all their design work, and they just chat, and they've got various guests coming in. It's good fun. So we had some questions on Instagram um, when we put out our Insta story about doing our podcast. Um, if anybody wanted to um, ask us anything mm-hmm. whatsoever, obviously we, we, t- we took one of the questions yeah. and, and made the whole first episode about it, which is great. But um, a few other people have asked some other questions that I think mm-hmm. we could probably fire off and, and get answered um, at the end of end of this one. Quick so questions, we'll do. but quick. not necessarily quick answers. So the first one uh, that we got was from Kit, who is um, a wedding photographer who we met at a wedding last year, who's a really nice chap. Um, Hello, Kit, if you're listening. Um, How are you doing? What's his Instagram handle? Uh, His Instagram handle is kitmyers90, so that's K-I-T-M-Y-E-R-S-9-0. And he's a very good photographer. What's his question, Simon? His question is, uh, who are your fave wedding photographers out there, question mark? Bonus points if it's me. <laughs> uh, thanks, Kit, for your question. You are yourself a very good wedding photographer. Yes, um, really like your work. And obviously there are many very good, exceptional wedding photographers out there in the UK, but Thanks. we're going to have to pick our top favourites and they're not in the UK. Uh, Jeff Newsom. Yep. And Sam Hood. Yep. I'd say up there, next level, just Two of the best great photographers guys. I've ever seen. Brilliant photographers, great attitude. Yep. Um, yeah. Just their yes. their mind works in a different way. Yeah, to, they're to just, everybody else's, yeah. which is so much more interesting just and amazing. just really nice attitude. I think yep. to have. We've never met Sam. We've met Jeff. Yeah, um, Jeff. We went over to California and did a shoot with Jeff, which mm. was amazing. Um, so big shout out to Jeff. I'm sure he's not listening. No. <laughs> <laughs> But he's, he's incredible um, and Sam's work is really good, as yeah, we mentioned. Yeah, super. He's got Patreon and he, yeah. he does a podcast as well. So, yeah, check his work out. He's incredible. So what are, what are the questions have you got? <laughs> so uh, one of our past uh, grooms. Oh, yeah. Not really a question. More of a, an emoji statement, oh, yeah. um, if you will. But it was uh, Mark Welland. Yep. Uh, Hi, Mark. Just, hello, Mark. Just sent... Uh, a dolphin emoji. Yeah, I know what that's related to. So I think we'll leave it there. I don't think we need to go into nope. detail about that. It was it was just a joke. Something that, that I we made talked about whilst the... doing the bridesmaid shots. Uh, it <laughs> it involved very, a blowhole. It was a whole thing. But the shot was great because the they all laughed, fell about laughing and it was brilliant. <laughs> and everybody remembers it. Yeah. And they remembers why they were laughing as well, which is mm. <laughs> So the next question comes from a good friend of ours, Becky Sapore, who Becky. is the um, host of the Rock My Wedding <laughs> podcast. Word up, Becky. She said, why are you guys so flipping awesome? And <laughs> when can I be on the podcast? Well, where do we start, Becky? I mean, have you got four hours? Because yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> we no. are just incredible <laughs> um why we could nitpick at that uh, no, no it's just don't, don't even open that don't, don't even open don't that even pull, pull at that thread yeah don't it's not. don't go there we are, but thank you becky that's very nice of you to yeah, say you, you are indeed awesome and you can come on the be- the podcast anytime you like in fact we might invite you on to talk about branding yes branding. and design yeah which is i think going to be really helpful for mm. people that are starting out a business mm. and looking you know if they've got no clue about branding or design get a designer to do it for you mm. um i think that is really good advice to anyone that's running any business. If there's any part of the business that you're either no good at or hate doing, outsource it. Get someone, Get someone professional who, yeah, absolutely. to help you with it. I think it's a we really did. good tip. We tried to do everything ourselves all the time when we first started out. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. And you end up hating it and you end up second guessing yourself. Blah, 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 blah. I can blah. understand why people do it because you of don't course. have loads of money and... No. But in the long term, you want term, to do it yourself if yeah. you're a creative person as well, I think. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely um, getting other people to help you out is definitely a good Yeah, sometimes advice. letting go of that control of um, certain things is really good. I think that kind of rounds it up for all our questions. Um, there was just <laughs> another one for from Maddie, which is and similar to Becky's. How are you both so bloody lovely? Well, 
Again, thank you very much. That's very kind Thanks, of you to say. <laughs> Who's Thanks, one Maddie. of our very early, early brides from way she back is. in the day, but now she runs her own bridal shop. A amazing bridal shop. Yep. The Bridal Boutique Warwickshire. Which can be found on Instagram. In Her Instagram is Bridal Warwickshire. There we go. If there are any couples out there looking for a, a wedding dress boutique, go there. Look no further. Um, thanks, so, Maddie. That's really kind yeah, of you. Yeah, thank you. And Very was, kind. And obviously the other question that we had was the question that yeah, we've that we spent the entire podcast on. Yeah, so thanks very much for that. Trying to answer. Hope we answered it. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So that's it then, Simon. Yeah, that's uh, it. First one done. First one done. Whoop. Whoa, we've ripped Whoa. off the band-aid. Yes. We're hoping to do one every other week, I think roughly. So. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll try and release one every, every two weeks. Yeah, and, to start with. Yep. Yeah. See how it go. goes. If it's super popular, we'll try and do more. If people are enjoying it, if people want us to do it less, then equally. <laughs> if you want fine. us to go away, just don't tell us. Yeah, or I just don't, just don't subscribe. Yeah. It's just, quite easy. If you want nothing nice to say, then just don't say anything. I yeah, think. I agree. I agree with that sentiment. But if you have got nice things to say, please. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're creatives. <laughs> we, you know. Yeah, ego needs constantly massaging. Absolutely. But no, in all seriousness, um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope um, some you got some value from it. If you did enjoy it, uh, think about subscribing. That would be really cool. Uh, also, giving us a five star rating or a good rating on um, on whatever podcast um, platform you use, or leave a comment as well. Um, if you want to get in touch with us in any other way, you can um, best best way to get in touch with us is probably on our Instagram um, through or email us. Or yeah, hello at weirdclocks.com. Yes. But yeah, that's great. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you again next time. Yeah. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>